Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast. We're here with Kathy Bauer. Brower. Brower, who is a uh, candidate for city council. Have you been on the city council before? I have not. This will be new. Okay, so uh, we're continuing the candidates forum. Uh, Kathy, would you tell everybody when you moved to town and what brought you here? Um, my name is Kathy Brower, and I'm running for one of the city council seats at this election. I've been a resident of Keokuk County my whole entire life, and my husband and I moved to Richland in 2000, so July of this year I've, been, I've lived in town 21 years. Um, I currently serve on the 911 board re representing the city of Richland, and I have no personal agenda for this election. I want to do what's best for the best interest for the city. Um, I feel regardless of who, who is elected, all personal issues should be left at the door Prior to the start of the meeting or the work session, um, everyone should be treated with respect. Always treat someone how you want to be treated is my kind of outlook on that. Well, I like what you're saying there. Uh, what, what, makes you, what makes you think you could be a good city council and what do you bring to the table? Um, I'm pretty level-headed. I, I would kind of look at the city budget and the things that need to be completed. Um, I would kind of look at, at the same aspect that I would for myself if it's not excess money that I would spend on something for myself. I would try to keep that intact with what should be spent for the city. I realize there's issues that can't be avoided and things that have to be done. So, you know, that would have to be addressed at the time, but. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna start going over the list of things that I've asked everybody else about. And of course, we're gonna talk about the clerk first. We've been through several clerks and we're trying to create some stability. What are your ideas? on who would make a good clerk and uh, how we could keep them around. You know, like some of the other candidates have mentioned, we need to have somebody that's level-headed, um, can deal with public because there's all different kinds of public, you know, mad people, happy people. Um, that person's gonna have to have a, a strong work ethic because ethic, they're gonna be working by themselves a lot. Um, that person's also gonna have to be able to have um, just a good use of judgment and because almost everything in town needs to be run through the city clerk. That person needs to be in the know for everything that goes on in town. Yeah, I think we all agree that the city clerk is the face of the city, and it's uh, something that we desperately need to get uh, some stability in. So uh, let's talk about the property. Can I go back to that? Well, you can go So here would be a suggestion that I have for the city clerk. Um, because they're going to spend, if we have, when we bring a new clerk in, chances are the new clerk is not going to have the software background to run the programs that the city needs the programs run to do her job. So there's going to be training and all that, those kind of things in, in the, the position when they first start out. The current clerk that is working just part-time now, um, she has agreed to stay on to help with some of the training, but I do feel like... Um, and I've seen this in other agencies and city and county and state government where they um, come into a job and they have that person sign a contract and the contract basically is like they agree to stay three years or if within that three years that they do not stay for the full three years, they have to pay back part of their training. And, and I've seen that in other agencies and jobs where um, that also kind of encourages somebody to stay on if they know they're not if they know that they're going to have to pay back for part of their training. Well, I like the idea mm -hmm. of giving the new clerk some support for training and and some up you know some some assistance because it's definitely going to be difficult. Yep, yep. And Susan, the the current clerk that's there, I mean, she's left of course, but she's still working part time. 
she's agreed to stay on for the, some of the training. And I don't think they've ever had it, uh, ever tried to hire a new clerk this close to an election before. So that was a suggestion at the last meeting um, that they wait until they know who's going to get elected. So even though they won't have a vote, they'll at least have some say in you know who the new clerk will be because they're going to be working with her or him. Okay. So uh, again, uh, the private uh, city council did get the school the old school down. Uh, I'm very very happy that they did that, and uh, I can't stop congratulating them enough for. And it wasn't just them; it was a series of, uh, uh, but it was a Herculean effort to get to get that accomplished. And uh, again, what what would you like to see done with that parcel of land? Well, of course, it's going to, like they've talked before, it's going to have to set for a couple years, you know, to make sure that the, it's all settled and everything before anything new is built on it. I know there's been talk of a senior citizen center or a daycare center or a community building. Um, I personally would like to see something for the kids in town, mm -hmm. um, whether it be attempt to get a grant for a splash pad or... Um, you know, another area for them to go to besides just the park. Now, you mentioned the splash pad. Uh, I was told that Wayland has a splash pad, and I was very intrigued that they had a splash pad because I have no idea what a splash pad is. Uh, well, the, the um, beach down in the tumble has a splash pad where it's an area that has, like, umbrellas and spouts and different things like that that they can go into to cool down in the summertime or whatever. Um, I know that Wayland um, worked on getting a grant for that. And, you know, that's something that Richland could also pursue, pursue you know, for the kids in town. It wouldn't have to be just for the kids. The parents could be there with the kids. Um, I would like to see something like that happen in town just to keep the kids involved in the community, just like the park down, you know, the, the park where the fences need to be repaired. You know, get a group of kids together if it's a school project or if it's... Um, well, you, you mentioned the uh, Ottumwa Beach has a splash page. Mm -hmm. The Ottumwa Beach is the entity in, in the state of Iowa that loses the most money. Really? Yes, it loses $400,000 a month in the winter and $200,000 a month in the summer. I did not know that. So uh, would you be interested in uh, turning that lot over to some housing or something that would uh, put it back on the taxpayer? Yeah, that would be a possibility too. I mean, there's been several suggestions of things that people would like to see. Okay. And and that you know that also I don't know if it could be put on a ballot for a vote for the community. You know, one at one of the elections that you know they could throw out suggestions or have a list of things that people are interested in doing, and and let the let the town vote on what they'd like to see there. Okay. So what about uh, now? We talked about derelict properties uh, or neglected properties is maybe a uh, more politically correct term that I could use. Uh, um, I'd like to mention that you and your husband, uh, I live in the same neighborhood that you live in, and there was a, a couple properties in that neighborhood. One was next to yours on the corner, and there was one kind of catty corner across the street from ours that that the people next to that thought was kind of detracting from uh, them being able to sell their houses. Mm -hmm. So uh, you and the uh, the person trying to sell their house across from me privately bought those places and with your own expenses uh, tore that down and I'd like to commend you for your community-minded effort that everyone in town benefited from and the taxpayers didn't have to, to go on the hook for. So 
definitely kudos to you and Greg for, for doing that. Well, thank you. Uh, but uh, again, you know, you're not going to buy every dilapidated property in town and, and do that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I know Corwin Henshaw just did did that. Uh, and But that's a huge expenditure of money that everybody can't do. Uh, and I know you guys are both really hardworking people. And uh, so, uh, and then the house that was bought next door to me and it was taken down and then the property sold. So, you know, and, you know, here I am sitting in the middle. I didn't spend any money and I got the benefit of both of those places going down. And... Uh, that increased my property value, so that was good. But what about some of these properties? And I'm talking particularly just, for example, about the, the property at 123 uh, on this street right here. The building's cracking in half. There's a crack uh, 6 to 12 inches wide from the top to the bottom. I think that building is going to fall down, maybe fall on some kids or some passersby. What what uh, what can the city do to uh, try to resolve stuff like this? Well, of course, there's ordinances for all that stuff that they have to follow the ordinances and and decide what is going to need to be done. Or the exist the new city council coming in could also tweak those ordinances. But um, I I think if it was me and I was on the city council, I think the first thing that I would do is reach out to the property owner, see what their plans are with that property. And you know maybe do some suggestions or, or explain to them what the ordinances are, and the fact that it could be harmful to anybody that the building falls on them. Uh, possibility maybe the community club could get involved and help them. They have another property because I know town. they have taken some properties and rehabbed them and then mm -hmm. put them back on the taxpayers' rules. So it does sound like you'd be a person that would uh, you know kind of be interested in the city's participation but also look into the private sector and individuals in mm -hmm. town to just find solutions to problems. Correct. You know, so that, that sounds really good. Uh, let's talk about the water in town. Okay. Any, uh, any thoughts on that, or do you, do you feel like the water's in a pretty good place right now? And, uh, I know at one time they talked about, like, I, I don't have an issue with the water. Um, like I said, I've lived here 21 years, but... Um, I know in like 2016 or 2017, they went through a lot of the stuff at the water plant. Um, so there shouldn't be a whole lot of fixing up there that needs to be done. I know there's some drainage issues and a lot of that's replacing cast iron piping and stuff. So you think that would be the solution to some you know, of this? The cast iron piping, the, still, the, the rest the of that stuff. The sewers does to seem replaced. to be backing up into people's uh, uh, homes at times, or maybe not on all parts of town, but that's, that was one thing that people, particularly on the south side of town, would bring up to me when I talked to them about was maybe there was some some better solutions there. Uh, you know, you've got to identify the problems before you yeah, can solve them. Exactly. I think that's, and that I think sounds like really 80, good, Kathy. 80% of the, the, the cast iron piping has been replaced, and I think there's like 20% or a little over 20% that's still left to be replaced. So let's talk about the budget and uh, where we could hold the line a little bit, and particularly these attorney fees. Where do you fall in on that? Uh, well, um, I don't totally agree with the attorney being there every single time. Um, I know they had an attorney there with, that was a long, long time, you know, serving as a city attorney. Um, I would, I would lean better towards having that attorney either available for a call or a um, not so much tabling everything. I don't agree with that, but. Um, just having that that legal assistance available if it's needed to reach out to um, 
there's a lot that the city council can do that they yeah. don't need to run past the attorney. Yeah, I don't think that anyone in town doesn't think we need to have a city attorney. At every single meeting. But, I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, four to $6,000 and $16,000. Now, maybe these were one-time fees or issues that I'm not privy to or understand, but as I walk through town and talk to people, that's probably the second thing that's on people's mind is, you know, that uh, it's their money. Sure. You know, and uh, maybe we can serve that a little better. Uh, you got a few minutes. You mentioned uh, you were in, uh, your husband was in law enforcement. You were in law enforcement. Uh, yeah, I worked in law enforcement almost 33 years. My husband, 29. Um, I know one of the issues in town is the law enforcement. We currently have contracted time with the county, the county deputy. 2080 right? agreement? Correct. And the county runs through and does um, checks in town, but... That's not always going to give somebody give us somebody in town when there's a problem. Um, I don't see a problem with it continuing on like it is now, um, and then trying to come up with a resolution later. But the, you're going to have to the wage is going to have to be there in order to bring somebody in to, to keep them yeah. as a full time officer. Well, there's some things I like about the 2080 agreement that I'd like to share with you. Okay. One, I think the Cape Cod County Sheriff's Department is one of the finest law enforcement. Uh, groups in the in the nation I'm really proud of them I think they are outstanding and uh, they have the training they have the they have the police cars and whatever it is the 28 agreement is let's say I believe it's twenty five thousand dollars so if we don't pay them the twenty five thousand dollars they lose twenty five thousand dollars out of their budget and we wind up with we're like farmers you know I mean we, we know what it costs to plant the, the corn we know what it costs to put the corn in the ground. We have a, we just don't know how many acres or how many bushel we're going to get and what the value of that is. So the price of having our own police officer could go up. It could be it could be a savings. It could be an expenditure, or it could be a failure seven times in a row. Twenty five thousand dollars is not going to get you. And it's a not going to officer. So I mean, I just think. I mean, personally, I just I'm and especially since we tried to have a, uh, our own police force seven times and it failed. Uh, and we have a police car that we don't need and we have equipment that we don't need. And uh, would it just been better to have this, what, you know, if the sheriff's department wasn't as outstanding as they are, and I know that they can't be here at the drop of a hat every time, but uh, I do see them drive through town, it seems like a couple times a day. and. Uh, They've always come any time I've ever needed anything or anyone I've ever known, and they have a, they seem to have a, a, a mentality of, of helping and uh, community service. They're not the first person to put handcuffs on a guy, you know, they they seem to really try to resolve issues. Uh, I, I'm really happy with, with the Keokuk County Sheriff's Department and the agreement that we have. Well, that's your 15 minutes, Kathy. Thank you so much. It was very informative. Uh, We've been talking to Kathy Brower, who is uh, my neighbor, and uh, uh, we really thank her for her time.